Dogs by Nature Radio from the Straight No Chaser Studio. This is your Sunday morning post. Baker and Odell been together for two games. Seven for 16 targets. Is that a concern to you? It's really not, guys. I mean, I, I know uh, it's a concern anytime we don't have a completion. Um, but with the amount of balls that we're throwing down the field, in particular to Odell, I think you have to be realistic about what that uh, completion percentage is going to be. Now, there are opportunities that we have to do better, I have to do better, uh, and we'll work at that. Um, but but I, I feel good about where we are. You're listening to Straight Notation on Dogs by Nature Radio. Now, here's your host, my dad, Polonius 7. A very merry football morning to you and yours from Dogs by Nature Radio. I'm your host, Thelonious 7, and I'm committed to getting you Stefanski level prepared for your Cleveland Browns game day. Ahead on the Sunday morning post, we hear from fan representatives from around the league before we zoom into our AFC North outlook. And then on the back page, we hash things up with our Browns showdown. We hear from Garrett Sisti from our SB Nation affiliate, as well as Josh of the Danger Zone podcast. So whether it's breakfast or a tailgate toast, it's game day, and this is your Sunday Morning Post. Our Sunday morning coverage starts off early as we kick things off from across the pond. As the Jets and the Falcons try to settle a score at Spurs Stadium, the odds makers have the Falcons as a three-point favorite, and now we turn to Falcons fan rep Asif Lakani to see what he's expecting for this game. For the Sunday Morning Post, this is Asif Lakani, or As If, from the Bears, Birds, and Brews podcast, where a show about the Chicago Bears, the Atlanta Falcons, and craft beer. We're based in Atlanta, Georgia. I will not be in London to watch the game on Sunday. However, I will be watching from home at 9.30 a.m. Eastern local time. Should be a good game. The Falcons are going to be without Calvin Ridley, who's one of the best playmakers. So their quarterback, Matt Ryan, will have to turn to Kyle Pitts, who's their number one overall pick and Cordell Patterson, who caught three touchdowns in the game last week, and then Mike Davis, who also caught a touchdown in the game last week, as well as Hayden Hurst to get some production and points on the board. However, the Falcons offensive line will have to work it out for them on Sunday as the Jets are the fourth mo- have the fourth most sacks in the NFL. So they're going to come in hot and ready to go. Mean Green is back for New York. And then also for New York, they have Zach Wilson, their rookie quarterback, who's getting more comfortable, more confident, and better every game. They just won a huge game in overtime last weekend. So I think they're coming in with something to prove and starting to build something special while the Falcons are trying to maintain relevance in the NFL and knowing that their window is shutting on them. I think there's a sense of urgency in their locker room and on that flight. So I think the Falcons will win this game 27-17. Should be a good one. And... um yeah, thank you. This is Asif Akani for the Bears, Birds, and Brews podcast. <laughs> thank you, Asif. Excited to see the progression of the young signal caller this Sunday, as well as Coach Sela. But in a regular setting, you got to go with the experienced hand, so I guess we're taking the Falcons. Just realize I'm a closeted Jets fan. Up next, we have the 1-3 Vikings and the 0-4 Lions meeting up at U.S. Bank Stadium in Minneapolis, where the Vikings are a 10-point favorite and look to get right against Detroit. For more on this game, we hear from the guys from the Pride Podcast, as well as Mikey from This Is Our Year. But let's start with Malcolm from the Pride Podcast. 
Your what's going on, everybody? This is Malcolm from the Pride Podcast, a Detroit Lions podcast representing your Detroit Lions for the Sunday Morning Post. Some major storylines to talk about this week. Center Frank Ragnow on IR. Also, Detroit Lions top pass rusher Romeo Cora also on IR this week. Tight end TJ Hawkinson and also left tackle Panay Sewell missed some time in practice this week. So their status for this game is questionable. Some top producers for the Detroit Lions starts off with the quarterback Jared Goff. He has 1,100 passing yards with seven touchdowns on two interceptions, playing the game pretty safe, and he is one of the top producers you're looking at. If you're for the running backs, Jamal Williams, he leads the way with 187 total yards, and then also DeAndre Swift with 139 rushing yards. And in the wide receiving, you're looking at TJ Hawkinson as their main weapon. If he is a goal, he has 215 receiving yards. And those are your top producers for the Detroit Lions. Keys to victory. The Detroit Lions, if they want to have a chance to win this game, they will have to run the ball and control that play clock and keep Minnesota offense off the field as much as possible. Final prediction, I have the Minnesota Vikings winning this game, let's say 28-14 Minnesota Vikings. And this is Malcolm from the Pride Podcast, your Detroit Lions podcast for the Sunday Morning Post, and I'm out. Malcolm, thank you for that report from the west of Erie. And now we turn to Mikey from This Is Our Year. Hi, I'm Mikey Kalpikoff from This Is Our Year, a Minnesota Vikings podcast. The 1-3 Vikings will be looking for a bounce back week against the 0-4 Lions. The Vikings' run defense has not been good, allowing 136 yards on the ground to opponents ranking 25th in the league. The Lions' top running backs, DeAndre Swift and Jamal Williams, are both questionable going into this matchup. And Vikings linebacker Anthony Barr will be back on the field for the first time since Week 2 of 2020. So Vikings fans have reason to be hopeful about the run defense improving this week. The Vikings are hopeful to get the run game back to its usual form with the possibility of Dalvin Cook getting back on the field for a full game and a capable backup in Alexander Madison. The Lions have allowed 133 rush yards per game, ranking 24th in the league. As always, look for big production from Adam Thielen, Justin Jefferson, and KJ Osborne with Kirk Cousins throwing the ball. Kirk has been having a solid season and will look to bounce back after facing major pressure last week from Miles Garrett and the Cleveland defense. These are my keys to a Vikings victory. Put pressure on Jared Goff and get the running game back on track and keep up the solid play in the secondary. Maybe second-year cornerback Cameron Dantzler gets some more time on the field. My score prediction? 27-14 Vikings. Again, this has been Mikey Kalpikoff from This Is Our Year Vikings. Follow us on Twitter at T-I-O-Y Vikings. Thank you, Malcolm and Mikey. I have the Vikes winning big in this one. I also have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers handling the Dolphins in their 1 o'clock game at the Raymond James Stadium. And that brings us to Washington and New Orleans. And this clash between two and two teams takes place at FedEx Field, where the Saints are a surprising two-point favorite. For more on this game, let's turn to Steve Thomas of the Hogsty. Hello, everybody. It's Steve Thomas from the Hogsty here to give you a little preview of the Saints versus Washington battle this coming Sunday in FedEx Field in Landover, Maryland. For Washington, it's all about the injuries this week. They put their uh, number of players on IR. They've got a number of players out. They have a really big injury list. Um, the, the most important names, Logan Thomas, the, the tight end, got put on IR. Uh, Brandon Scherf, their all-pro guard, is out for this game. Antonio Gibson is limited by a stress fracture in his shin. He's listed as questionable. 
So if he plays, you have to think he's going to be limited. So uh, on offense, and especially given the Saints' strengths, that they are an outstanding run defense. This is going to be the Terry McLaurin show. Um, Terry is an elite wide receiver, and he's been on an absolute tear this year for the most part. He's faced some pretty good corners. I don't think that the Saints really have the secondary necessary to stop him. So he's going to be the most important one to watch and the most important weapon for Washington. And on the other side, talking Saints offense versus Washington defense, it's all about stopping the Saints run game. Um, They're one of the heaviest run teams in the league. If you can stop that, you have a pretty good chance of beating this team. And Washington has to keep them out of the red zone and start stopping somebody on third down. So I think those are some of the things to look for. Um, We're predicting here a high-scoring game and a narrow Washington victory. Tyler Henneke is certainly a guy you can't help but cheer for. Certainly with you on this game this Sunday against the Saints. Certainly pulling for a safe game in D.C., those wishes also extend to the Titans and Jaguars who do battle in Duval County. The Jaguars coming in at 0-4 and the Titans at 2-2. The Jags seem to be fighting through, but pretty sure it's going to be Titans time in this one. And now we turn to Carolina where the Eagles and Panthers do battle at Bank of American Stadium. Sam and the Panthers are a three-point favorite. For more on this game, let's hear from Kevin Avery of the four-man rush as well as Johnny Uleka from the All About the Birds podcast. This is Kevin Avery of the Four Man Rush, the premier podcast show for the Carolina Panthers, representing the Carolina Panthers for the Sunday Morning Post. This week five matchup features the one and three Philadelphia Eagles traveling down to Charlotte, North Carolina to play the three and one Carolina Panthers, who just experienced their first loss week four at Dallas. Heading into this game, the Carolina Panthers are led by quarterback Sam Donald, who has proven to show himself as a dual threat by having five rushing touchdowns currently, which leads to NFL, and also have five touchdown passes. The expected return of Christian McCaffrey is a possibility, who is known as a um, dual threat in both passing and running. And rush and running. Also, um, D- Panthers Robert receivers DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson have proven to be more than a certifiable threat to attack any secondary that they face. The keys to the victory for the Carolina Panthers will be to stop the attempted rushing attack of the Philadelphia Eagles, who probably saw how the Panthers got exposed at Dallas. Also, can the Carolina Panthers stop a vaunted front four defensive line of the Philadelphia Eagles? My final score prediction, I expect the Carolina Panthers to win 31 to 10 over the Philadelphia Eagles. This is Kevin Avery for the Sunday Morning Post. Nice work, Kevin. Kevin, of course, picking an easy victory for the Carolina Panthers. So let's hear what Johnny Uleka from All About the Birds thinks. This is Johnny Uleka with All About the Birds representing the Eagles for the Sunday Morning Post. The main the main storyline in Philadelphia right now, it, a lot of it is dependent and relying on Jonathan Gannon and his defense. I know a lot of people want to talk about Jalen Hurts and Nick Sirianni, but the defense the last two weeks have been getting gashed. And it, it, it's a real hot topic in Philadelphia. And what's going to happen, what, you know, the type of uh, addressing that Jonathan Gannon is going to do and how he's going to put players in better positions on the field. That's going to be a main focus uh, against Sam Darnold and the Panthers. 
Miles Sanders and running the football is going to help you in passing the football and against a tough defense like the Carolina Panthers and Brian Burns and Hassan Reddick coming off the edges and Derek Brown in the middle and they still have Jeremy Chin and Dante Jackson. There's still pieces on that defense that's going to make it very tough for Jalen Hurts and the Philadelphia Eagles. Now, my prediction for this game, I think it's going to be a tough, tough matchup in Carolina. Um, I'm going to go with the Eagles on this one. I'm not going to go against uh, my squad here. I'm going to go with the Eagles here. I'm going to go Eagles 24, Carolina 20. This is Johnny Uleka from All About the Birds for your Sunday morning post. Uleka on his home with the upset. Let's see if the Eagles can come through for him on this one. I got Sam Donald and the Panthers myself. <laughs> and now for the last early game. Let's hear from Blake Marshall and Matty Ice about the Texans and the Patriots. Let's start with Marshall and Texans and see if there's any hope for the home team. So the major storylines for this game is Davis Mills. He's got to be better. He was absolutely horrid against Buffalo. And now Buffalo does have a great defense. But they weren't really doing anything to make him look that bad. He just played terrible. The Texans' defense played really well given the circumstances. And they kept him in that game. If Davis Mills could stop turning the ball over, they would have had a chance. But he couldn't stop throwing interceptions. He had four or five interceptions in that game. Another big storyline is the running game. They got to figure out with this running game what the problem is. Because they ran the ball all over Jacksonville, and then ever since then, they couldn't run the ball. Is it because Jacksonville's defense just sucks, or because the scheme is bad? The offensive line can protect for the pass, but they can't protect for the run. I shouldn't say they can protect for the pass. They couldn't protect against Buffalo. Our top producers got to be Brandon Cooks, wide receiver. No matter who the quarterback is, they could put Jeff Driscoll out there and he'd throw up over 100 yards. That man is a top 10 receiver, hands down. On a better team, he'd be top 5 receiver. Another big contributor, uh, linebacker Kamal Grugier-Hill. Tackling machine. Makes this defense look a lot better than it is. He's always behind the line of scrimmage, making tackles for losses. Big, big pickup by Casario. Look for him to maybe be resigned to keep going forward. He's a big, big pickup here. Keys to victory on Sunday for the Texans against the New England Patriots. Davis Mills has to play better. They may even have to take him out and put Driscoll in there if he can't stop throwing interceptions. Driscoll's not a good quarterback. Do not get me wrong, but he could at least run and be mobile. Mills looked absolutely lost against the Bills. It may be because of the weather. It may be because the team he's playing, but excuses, excuses, excuses. The kid needs to be able to play because Tyrod's out. Tyrod can't get back fast enough. Another key to victory, run the ball. They got to run the ball. If they can't run the ball, they got no chance against the Patriots. They'll get blown out and get it home, and the fans will start losing their absolute minds. Start calling for this and calling for that, because we all know it all leads back to Watson. My prediction for this game, I got the Patriots winning this game, if I'm being honest with myself. Davis Mills didn't show me anything in the last game to think he's going to be any better against Bill Belichick's defense. And we all know that Bill Belichick against rookie quarterbacks is almost either he's undefeated or he's pretty much almost undefeated. I got the, I got the Patriots 28, the Texans 14, and it may not even be that close. They couldn't score any points against Buffalo. I don't know if they'll be able to score any points against New England. Once again, guys, this is Blake Marshall, Toro Times on Fansided.com. Check out my latest article, ranking the top five quarterbacks in college draft, because we all know Texas is going to need one. Thank you for letting me jump on here, and have a great Sunday. Blake definitely filling for the Texans after that report.
And now for more from the Patriots perspective, we hear from Matty Ice. Matty Ice from the Matty Ice Media Network here with your Patriots report on this Sunday's game versus the Texans. Coming into this game, the Texans are 28th in the league against the run statistically. The Patriots came into the season expecting to lean on a healthy running game as rookie Mac Jones develops throughout the season. Both Damian Harris and Brandon Bolton should be able to right the ship for a struggling offensive line and get the Patriots back to their running ways against the weak defense against the run. The Texans also come in allowing nearly seven receptions a game to tight ends. So both Jonu Smith and Hunter Henry, who the Patriots signed to be a featured part of a two tight end offense, should see a good share of the targets to build on Sunday's success versus the Bucks. Bill Belichick is 21-6 all-time, with eight of those wins coming on the road versus rookie quarterbacks. And Bill Belichick should employ many of the same defensive strategies and schemes they did to success against the Bucks and Tom Brady against the Texans rookie Davis Mills. Davis Mills struggled mightily against the Bills' defense and should struggle mightily against the defensive front of the Patriots that has been able to get pressure and a secondary that is ball-hawking and has really shut down the pass. Overall, the Patriots should be able to right the ship for a team that is looking to get back to their winning ways and get to 2-3. and three. I see the Patriots winning this game handily, 24-7 over the Texans. This is your Patriots Report, and I'm Matty Ice from the Matty Ice Media Network. Matty, this is fantastic work. Pretty sure that the Patriots find their way into the win column this weekend. And with that, we'll put part one of the books. You're listening to the Sunday Morning Post on Dogs by Nature Radio. I'm your host, Thelonious7. We'll be back with the late games and your Brown Showdown.